We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Hey folks, welcome back to the e-commerce leader, the place to be for those who are ambitious to grow great e-commerce businesses. And the word business is the word advisable here. We're not just in the business of, we're not just in the, the job, if you like, of just doing stuff every day and getting paid personally. And we'll talk more about that uh, in our the end of, of today's episode in a very interesting topic that Jason's introduced to the proceedings. We are halfway through covering the 10 main trade skills that an e-commerce lead, uh, leader is gonna need to have in place. Any e-commerce seller generally, but a leader needs to be, I think, more mindful about the skills they are learning. And a leader doesn't necessarily mean you have a big team and a business yet, or even have any business yet. A leadership starts with your conception of what the business is going to be when it's grown up as it were when it's built and that can be equally important for somebody who's not got any revenue and is just starting as it is for somebody who's doing millions literally millions but needs to refine their business process I've, I've seen in both cases people make somehow weirdly similar mistakes by ignoring the trade skills that they need to work on but when you work on yourself and your skills and then you work on your business, great things can start to happen and, and often do. So I think this is really valuable work. I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed discussing it today. We're going to be talking about areas around selling and marketing, making sets of numbers, and then finally a sort of meta skill that is around the business building process itself. Enjoy the show. And uh, if you like it, of course, don't forget to leave us a lovely podcast review on Amazon Podcasts or subscribe on any podcast player of your choice. Enjoy the show. Scale seven, listing. This is pretty concrete. So this is less for resellers, but still possible for wholesalers. And certainly by the time you're doing private label or, or uh, unique products, absolutely critical, which is, again, understanding the customer. This is why you've got to start with the customer, because if you don't know what the customer wants, it's impossible to kind of really refine a listing in any way. But Okay, but you, so sorry, but just yeah, to put please. a really fine point on it. Skill yes. seven is learn how to make quality listings. Is that good, the skill? Good question. Yeah, I'm being very unclear. <laughs> it's because doing a massive overview of everything in, in what is the time. Skill? The skill is to either optimize or create a listing. And the, okay. the, the problem is that you've asked me to give you Amazon <laughs> skill sets. So there are like 14 different business models you can operate, some of which will make you a, a sellable business you can sell for $25, $30 million, and other ones of which will make $100 a month, a week. So but let me. Uh, um, let let me go ahead. Go ahead. Let me first. clarify. So, and then you can ask me some clarifying questions. So, first of all, if you're reselling and your retail arbitrage, you're probably not going to have much to do with actively changing the listing in any way, shape, or form. But you've got to be aware of if you've got a horrendous listing with horrible, badly done photos on white, it's not going to convert as well as a listing that has beautiful photos and therefore at least you can choose that as part of whether you're choosing to resell a product or not if you're a wholesale relationship with somebody then you can approach them and, and say look i think you're uh, if, if once you've got a good relationship you can approach them and say like i'd like to help you op optimize your amazon listing for free i don't think they're likely to say no if they trust you and if you're creating a listing from scratch if you're a private label seller or custom product seller that's when you really have to have the skill set yeah. I hope that makes a bit more sense. It does. And I can actually speak into this a little bit too, I think as well. 
the the learning path that you're on from starting with, let's say, an arbitrage model to going to a wholesale or private label model on Amazon includes not ever having to manage the listing, just selling on a listing to actually then managing a listing. And managing a listing is obviously a new trade skill and you should not be cavalier about that step. You can literally trigger IP claims and get yourself banned off of uh, Amazon if you uh, mess up a listing. And so, or you could have other people who are also the owners of that listing or who are selling on that listing get incredibly mad at you, et cetera, et cetera. So there's definitely professional management at the listing level. I know you just in your commentary focused on quality of outcome, but there's also an element of risk because you can actually trigger, you know, account closure or those types of responses if you mismanage the understanding of listing. So it's both upside and downside as oh, soon as sure. you start understanding how to, you know, edit listings, create listings, that kind of thing. We we kind of got a solar system of of skills here. That's how big the context is because Amazon yeah. is a solar system, it's not a galaxy, it's not a universe, but but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, there's a world <laughs> of listing refinement. I mean, there's a lot yeah. that goes into this. I very happily do an entire series of podcasts on listing <laughs> refinement. I can certainly yeah. we should probably do one or two uh, on that for custom product sellers. Yeah. But I would say you're absolutely right. There are up and downsides, but it's certainly, an eff- therefore, let's put it simply, a skill set that you must and mm-hmm. uh, must start understanding. And even if you're reselling and, and you're absolutely right, you don't have to manage the listing, which is good because it's bad enough managing products and cash flow. But you should start understanding and, and if nothing else, looking at listings and evaluating yeah. as a consumer and as a marketer, is, is this well done? If so, why? Are they vague about what they're selling? Mm-hmm. Are they precise mm-hmm. about what they're selling, but the execution of it is bad or are they yeah. good at both? And and how does that show up in the numbers? And and starting to make sense of it is a mental model, mental understanding before you actively do it yourself. So I will yeah. also say that I'm familiar with people who become expert at listings, both the photography elements, the bullet points, the description, all of the A-plus content, whatever it is. I don't even know. It's not even my space if that's right for listings. <laughs> but but then they also, after they're expert themselves, it's amazing how often they run into opportunities where manufacturers or other people are selling and are doing horrible job at listing. Okay. And then as an expert at listings, they can come in and either add value offer to sell for those people, uh, pay, be paid to tune up their listings, uh, yeah. take over listings that yeah, yeah. are horrible sellers. And because oh, yeah. they know what they're doing, they know they can totally change the velocity of sales because of the quality of the listing. So to me, if you're an Amazon seller and you're not expert at the actual listing creation steps, you're missing a huge trade skill. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And and the next uh, episode, I think we've got lined up is going to be talking about different business models on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It all ties our well together mm-hmm. because, yeah, one of the, as you said, the two, the three ways you're going to really monetize that skill is number one, if you can source wholesale and you can add uh, several hundred pounds worth or dollars worth of work to them pretty much for free, they can pay for the marketing, but at the, sorry, the photography, but understanding the psychological structure and mm-hmm. also Amazon's terms of service and the intellectual property issues and all the nuances and art that goes in the craft that goes into it, yeah. then yeah, that's a very sellable skill. And you can get paid in that situation by getting them to to work with you and trust you to change the, the listing. And then you mm-hmm. can really, really increase the sales. The second way, of course, is when you're selling your own product. So you've got to be creating rather than optimizing a listing. And then the third way, as you said, is, is you get paid by other Amazon sellers. And lots of people are really good with operations and products and 
and sourcing side and really lousy mm. it turns out at this stuff so i've recently got paid myself to help someone in that situation and yeah. once you get good enough and you've got the trust of good sellers then there's obviously an agency type uh, situation there you can have as well so that's another yeah. business model which we're going to reference as well yeah totally agree some specific examples i'm debating whether i could share or not but i would just say this if you become really good at listings you'll be surprised at the opportunities that open to you as you begin to try to sell and source and all that kind of stuff. So I just, yeah, I won't, I won't give the examples, but I think there's huge opportunity here. I know there is because I've seen people live it out and it starts with the core trade skill of being super expert at creating listings. Okay. So skill number eight follows on from that. What's that? It does. So skill eight is the traffic piece. And on Amazon, really that comes down to two things, which is organic and paid and it's getting more complicated all the time but broadly speaking it's simple relative to the kind of universe of options that a shopify or woocommerce seller has at least which is seo in other words ranking on amazon organically and pay-per-click and obviously the advertising encompasses lots of different things but it's fair to say that the sponsored products basic a very keyword driven approach is still the meat and potatoes of most people's amazon profits so those are the two areas i mean so i suppose it's sort of areas could sort of say that's areas eight and nine depending on how many skills you want to end up with again Mm -hmm. these are very big areas it's a very high level overview but that's okay think of it as a kind of curriculum for learning for the next year to and and indeed continued professional development as if that's a phrase you use in the states so seo is always changing and i'm not getting into detail here and that's okay because there's tons and tons and tons of podcasts and and youtube channels that obsess about the latest seo hacks all i would say is you need to keep up to date but you don't want to rely on the latest hacks you need to have a solid solid basis which is really understanding the language and needs of customers really understanding sourcing getting your your financials right and then on top of that you can make sure that you're up to date with the latest hacks and then that should keep you up to speed yeah i think the meta skill here is really important to understand and that is you take control of traffic and people who sell on amazon who get blessed by the amazon algorithm sort of without you know sort of lucky i guess don't really have to sort this out. But I think there's actually a hero's journey here for people who start on Amazon, struggle through low traffic, low, low sales, figure out how to optimize their listing. And what they're doing, of course, is the on Amazon SEO work that creates uh, more exposure and higher traffic to their product listing. And that journey is incredibly valuable. Like the first step is to optimize for organic Amazon traffic. But then as soon as you can control traffic with AMS or Amazon advertising to your listing, you've taken another step on that journey. One of the very common use cases for our coaching practice is someone will come to us and say, well, we're a seven-figure seller on Amazon, but we really want to sell on Shopify and we don't know how to do it. The first question they always ask us when they're debating this in in their mind is traffic. How do I get traffic to my listing? It's so common. It's like, okay, when are you going to ask the traffic question? They always do. It is. And so, and I know when they ask that question, whether they have actually sorted out in their own mind, the on Amazon traffic efforts, if they got lucky and they just crushed it and they didn't ever have to think about traffic on Amazon. They have not put any mental energy into this trade skill. But if they had to grind and really figure out how to get their listings exposed uh, through organic and then paid methods on Amazon, then they're already on their journey towards 
traffic off of Amazon. And so this trade skill to me is a huge, 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 you know, trade skill to learn. And uh, of course, it's not really relevant for people who, well, that's not true. I was going to say it's not relevant for people who have an arbitrage or a replens model, but that's actually not true because the 30 day replens challenge we're running, (laughs) they're talking about a technique. I won't go into the details of it, but it's a technique for using uh, paid ads effectively to help boost sales. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, all that to say, traffic is a huge, huge trade skill that over time in e-commerce work, you're going to want to learn more and more about. And just to tie this all together, and I totally agree with that. I mean, I would say that the two sides SEO, I'm creating an entire course, even for advanced sellers on this stuff, just to say that this is not just for beginners. You need to, if you're advanced, you need to systematize it such that you can do best practice across 100 SKUs, 200, Mm -hmm. 500, and train a team. And that requires a whole different level of clarity and meticulousness about what is essentially the same job, though, which Mm -hmm. is to say, for SEO dominance, it comes back to the competitive analysis work you've done. If you're trying to compete with sharks in a blood ocean, in red ocean, that's Mm -hmm. why it's going wrong. No amount of hacks is going to help you there. If you're not clearly targeted keywords based on quality research, it's not going to work. And then if you're Mm -hmm. not tracking, that's the other thing, you need to track your keyword ranking it's all very well to set a target but if you don't track whether you're getting that target you don't know what efforts work and what don't and especially if you're spending enough money on ppc you really need to know that uh, the money you're spending is it, when you're trying to rank higher get you a higher rank for your product and if you mm-hmm. then actually want profit whether it is profitable but i think it all comes around to to quality market research in the first place and i think that's often when it falls down and then the the PPC falls down if you don't know your numbers. And I think those are the, the sort of two sides in the middle of which the traffic piece on the Amazon, in my experience, it sits. Obviously, you have a way broader view of traffic with your nine yeah. mountains. Yeah. Well, I love it. Okay, let's keep going. Let's push to the sure. end here. So skill nine, I just edited on the fly. <sighs> our our uh, yeah. list here of 10, but I think you catch what I'm doing here. So sure. skill nine is what? It's knowing what matters. So this is really in the yeah. area of the last two skills around making sense of numbers. And the numbers fall into two areas, financial and marketing. But rather than dividing it up that way, I'm going to say skill nine is knowing what matters. So, okay. um, And let's lump la- in the numbers with that one as well. You want to lump in the numbers with that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. So, yeah. <laughs> so we, you're changing the numbering. So skill nine for me is knowing what matters an idea and focus on the keywords. So skill 10 is team building. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to lump a bunch of really critical stuff in together. Okay. On your head, be it, my friend. This is this is your IP now. So I think it's really important to know the numbers before you start building a team. But you're absolutely right. We need to build a team. Okay, so so skill, nine numbers, is... skill nine is everything in one go now, which is identifying and focusing on key key performance indicators that matters. So the first thing is bad outcomes are often, not always, but often a lack of goal clarity. If you don't know what you're trying to achieve, you end up with a load of numbers and you can't make sense of them. And the only reason to have numbers is to answer questions like, should I keep selling this product? How much more should I order? Can I afford to order 500 units if I believe I can sell that? And that doesn't matter whether you're retail arbitrage or private label or whatever. And the other thing is this, most things don't matter. So identifying the critical few is the meta skill in business and when it comes to training a team as well. Uh, So the actions I would suggest is very simple. First of all, set clear financial goals, clear profit targets. Whether you hit them or not isn't so important as whether you got them. And time as well. If you're putting in... 100 hours a week and you're making you know 500 bucks is that really enough of a a payoff for you the effective hourly rate for any activity you do including not limited to amazon or consulting or anything else 
And then you've got to monitor reality. You know, how is your profit stacking up against your projections? So in pro I've got a couple of simple areas of this. One is in the financials, the, the key questions to ask and then set up systems to answer them are, number one, are you making a profit? And, and is it enough? Number two, do yes. you have enough cash to fund your next growth ambitions? Yeah. And in marketing, what's driving success or failure? For example, if you have low sales, is it down to low impressions, which you can kind of get a proxy for from low keyword ranking on Amazon? Is it low clicks or sessions? Or is it a bad conversion rate? Because it mm -hmm. completely changes what you do. If the conversion yeah. rate's bad, you need to optimize the listing. And if the low traffic, then you need to work on the traffic strategies. I love it. I love this one. And this one is so near and dear to my heart because I always just challenge people when I work with them, whether they're starting out as a student or whether that's a, a coaching client, to know their profit and loss statement. The P&L document is literally like the faster you begin to manage your business with a profit and loss statement on a monthly basis, the faster you will compound your sales velocity and outcomes and lower your expenses. It's just the magic tool. And so if you don't run a monthly P&L through QuickBooks Online or another tool and you don't look at that, I would challenge you to do that as a trade skill. You know, we're in business to extract, you know, net profit and live off the, these funds. I mean, if you're a full-time e-commerce seller, that's what you're in business to do. And having clarity around your numbers and the P&L process is so incredibly valuable. And I'll just say, it, as soon as you have some momentum going, the most valuable thing that you can do is take an hour a week or, you know, a, a couple hours a month and sit back and look at your numbers and ask these kinds of hard questions. Where did my profit come from? Where did my expense get out of control? Where am I spending money that I cannot clarify whether it's helping me or not? Where am I making assumptions about needing to spend money that are actually maybe untrue? And this whole area of understanding what your key performance indicators are, your, your metrics, and really thinking hard about them is insanely valuable. And I would just say for our coaching practice that we run, Kyle and I's highest and best use of our time with our coaching clients is always around clarity of their numbers and how it impacts their business. It's almost always that's when unlocking happens where people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize if I just switched this or that big things happen. It's really true that big doors swing on little hinges and it gets um, clear in your mind when you really take the time to understand what your goals and metrics are and how they play out in real life. And if you're just so busy, you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off, like trying to hustle, being the technician, you never step back and be the financial manager and say, okay, what is happening with my time and effort and outcome and products and profit, those are such valuable times in uh, the life of a business owner. Yeah, I could not agree more. And this is when really, to your point, so so a couple of responses. First of all, you're kind of implying the 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 old E-Myth revisited mm -hmm, and E-Myth, which is a wonderful reference point, which I guess comes to skill 10 in a second, right? So you can't scale something you don't understand yourself. Yeah. But also be, be kind to yourself. Trying to mentally change levels from doing the work to looking at your work and how you work and measuring it 
is a mental shift a bit again like being an interpreter like it's one thing to speak german fluently it's another thing to speak english but i've done it and i can tell you having some guy speak fluent german into your ear while trying to produce meaningful english is a whole different skill again so changing levels mentally is a hard thing to do you know what be kind to yourself get a peer group and get a coach mm -hmm. it's so yeah. much easier to see things from the outside even if your coach is not anything like an amazing business person like you you might be a genius and they might be fairly average i mean okay if you're lucky enough to hire jason you're dealing with super sharp person but <laughs> you know what even anyone from the outside can see stuff that you can't see because it's just hard that's so right. that's what i would say to that one trying to see yourself is yeah. like trying to pick your own boots up up the other thing i would yeah. say about the profit and loss thing though i think it, i i can't i can't stress enough how right you are but it goes so much deeper than that in my opinion because you said something like we're in business to make a living and, that, and that's your relationship to e-commerce and 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 yeah. a lot of people want that relationship. A lot of people in the Amazon space are very consciously building a business to sell. If mm -hmm. you're going to sell it, oh boy, your profit and loss takes on uh, so much more significance. First of all, if your numbers are a mess, it's totally unsellable. Secondly, yeah. the profit is the thing that creates the value. And thirdly, if you sell just an Amazon-based private label business, you can sell it for three times profit. So every you know thousand dollars profit that you've saved is worth three thousand to you on the back end, at least maybe five times. If you're selling a Shopify-based store uh, or anything significant, you're looking at seven X multiple on average now, and it varies a lot, but let's say seven. That means if you make a mistake and you throw away $1,000 in profit, you've thrown away $7,000 in your future cash that is mm -hmm. literally paid into your bank. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's so even more important than you think it is. So, yeah, yeah. and I know you're profit obsessed and, and you know, all, all hail to that because it's just it's absolutely critical. It's funny, you know, because that, that sounds so gross. I'm profit obsessed. <laughs> well, no, I'm I, not profit gross. obsessed. Focused, shall we say? Focused. <laughs> not, I'm not, not obsessed, gross. Yeah. No, you're but, not gross um, at all. You're a, you're an intelligent business person, and that's that's the thing to be. You know. Well, I, I would yeah, say. and I guess our journey created us to be such. We started as a side, you know, as a kitchen table entrepreneur. My wife's business was this, and I helped in the evenings and weekends. But when we got to the point where we were beginning to imagine me walking away from a six-figure corporate income. We had to say to ourselves, well, is this replacing? It's not just creating an income for her. It needs to replace my income plus an income for her. That's a tall order. Like that, that's a lot of, you know, income on an annual basis because, because it just is. So it just put us in the mindset of saying, you know, we're going to make this thing work. And, and I think that's the, that's the knowing your numbers piece that's critical. So anyway, okay, let's push through to the end here. So I edited our list here a little bit to make uh, skill set number 10, team building to scale beyond being a technician. Hmm. Interesting. So here's what I would say. I know a lot of people that are listening to this, and this is probably more generally geared to the people in the earlier stages, although I do think that all of the skills, every single one I've mentioned today, actually could do with a lot of attention for more advanced business owners. And I've created yeah. a course recently, and I was trying to do a lot of clever things. You know what? It's for six and seven business owners on Amazon. And I've stripped it back to a lot of the basics, because mm -hmm. actually implementing the basics really well is actually often where the wins are. It's not sexy. It's not intellectually clever. It's not going to make an amazing podcast even. But it's where the wins are, it's where the actual money is made. So to that point, here's what I would say. Even if you're in early stages and it's it's a while away being able to afford to hire a team member and you shouldn't burden your business with overhead too early. And even if you can sell a you can run a million dollar a year Amazon business, it turns out with absolutely no VAs at all, because we've got a couple of people in the mastermind. But you will at some point if you're ambitious want to scale. So for both reasons, here's what I would say you 
you are going to drive yourself crazy if you work in an unstructured way anyway. So the act of preparing to outsource, whether you are actually going to do it now or later, is critical because it forces you to jump through the hoops that clarify your own work. And to your point earlier about the, the levels of the technician, the manager, the entrepreneur, yeah. if you don't work as if you're to the, the e-myth sort of basic thing of creating the, you know, the prototype of the franchise, right? Yeah. If you don't work as if you're going to hand everything over to somebody, your own work is going to be really unstructured. I know this for myself that it, it's just really soul-destroying to work that way because it feels yeah. like Groundhog Day. Every day you're doing the same, same old, same old. You're dealing with a bunch of numbers which without context feel meaningless. You're dealing, whether it's financial ones or marketing numbers or, or keywords, if you don't have a bigger vision, a bigger picture, then it all feels meaningless, which is the entrepreneurial vision. Without that, nothing is meaningful. And you're just going to get depressed and give up. I see it all the time with clients. Yeah. If you have no vision, they just get depressed by the boringness of the day-to-day -day trudge. And, and then the second thing is that the manager level, if you don't have structure, your own management of yourself just goes crazy. You spend far too long yeah. on things because it kind of keeps going because it's by the yard. So I think that ability to change between the entrepreneur level and having a vision, the manager level and creating structure, even if you're the person doing it now, and then the technician level of doing the work, that movement between them is, is a critical piece. And as we've already referenced, it's hard to do on your own. Get a coach, get a buddy, whether it's free, paid or whatever, just get somebody else's you know, view of your life from outside your own head. Yeah, coaches should maybe your first team member. Yeah, I, I love that. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I really and think so. Yeah, I I think you're you nailed it with those ideas. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but you're absolutely right. Uh, process precedes handing it off to the team member, but that process will help you tremendously. And the whole gist here of this, you know, build a team so that you grow beyond just being a technician. It gets back to in a way circular to our first skill set which is yeah. understand your business model. Yeah. Inherent in that phrase is business model. You don't want to create a scenario in which you are a technician for Jeff Bezos for his business. Yeah. If totally. you're a technician for Jeff Bezos for his business, <laughs> you don't have a business. So, but you can have a business if you want one, but you have to just know the business model and then realize, oh, well, if this is a business, then obviously I'm the owner of the business. Yes, I'm the technician. Yes, I'm, I do all the roles right now on day one. I do all of the roles, but I'm preparing to not do all the roles. I'm preparing to start to hand off roles so that my business actually scales and I become the owner. Yeah. And the technicians in my business help me scale. And yes, I'm doing in collaboration with Amazon or on Shopify or Etsy or Walmart, et cetera, et cetera. But what I built is a business that actually I own. I haven't just created a job for myself. And I guess that's the core concept here that I just want to leave people with is do not create a bad job for yourself or even a high paid, high stress job for yourself. That's not the goal. The goal is to create a business uh, for yourself that you can run successfully and uh and benefit from amen to that absolutely 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 endorse both those things first of all don't work on making jeff richer he's normally the richest person in the world depending on what elon musk yeah. has said on twitter yeah. <laughs> and uh secondly yeah if you end up with a job and you think you've got a business again understanding the, the model you're operating that's yeah. a tragedy <laughs> if you've got a job and it's well paid or you're a freelancer and you act like that that can work yeah. beautifully lawyers get well paid as freelancers you got mm -hmm. a good corporate job yeah. and running a business can also be great but you just got it yeah if you think you got a business and you got a job that's horrible so make sure you build a business absolutely completely love well that. 
That brings us full circle. And so I just want to wrap the conversation by saying, if this has inspired you, go back through our prior episodes on your podcast player of choice. You can you know, do that on Spotify or Apple uh, podcast player, or even on our website, The E-Commerce Leader, where we also have show notes with links to resources, books, and other tools. And so we would just love to have you go deeper. Let me recap the 10 trade skills that we've listed today in quick succession, just to you know, kind of put a final commentary on it. Is that all right, Michael? Yeah, sure. Okay. Skill set number one is understand the business model you're operating. Skill set number two is understand trends that are happening in the market. Skill set number three is understand what market research really means. Skill set number four is learn to understand your customer avatar. Skill set number five is get good at competitor analysis. Skill set six is get good at keyword research. Skill set seven is become expert at product listings on Amazon, but then beyond that as well on other platforms. Skill set number eight is begin to learn to manage traffic directly. Skill set nine is know what matters in terms of your key performance indicators. And skill set 10 is... Set 10 is the old team building. The irony is that's the one you brought to play. So uh, let me just cap it off by... So if my computer's not friendly by saying uh, team building to scale beyond being a technician. And yes. don't, don't, make, don't be a technician for Jeff Bezos and don't make yourself a job, build a business. There you have it. Team building to scale beyond being a technician. Thank you for helping me with that as uh, <laughs> Google Docs froze for me. Great. Well... Really appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. It's always a pleasure to do these conversations, Michael. Your insights and expertise in Amazon are such a huge gift to everyone. And so I just challenge everybody to go back in prior episodes. We've talked about many of these topics in, in granular detail. And uh, one last thought. Yep. I just one last thought I had to say this because what <laughs> the the way I put the list together is I've got skill set area you see I like to think in overcomplicated ways and and it works beautifully because Jason simplifies it down for, again but the area of sourcing is a gaping hole which is there for a reason and we haven't given it a number because it depends on your business model exactly how that works and guess what for that reason we're going to be talking about the business models you can operate on Amazon in one of our new Ooh. episodes and in fact I've okay. done the outline already so we're ready to roll on that next Sunday morning. Same bat yes, channel, indeed. same bat time. Okay. So that sounds great. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us. This has been a fun conversation and uh, really honored to be able to serve you all. And uh, so again, just go check out the e-commerce leader for additional resources and to support the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.